Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's go. Welcome to Pop Culture Weekly with Kyle McMahon from iHeartRadio. Your pop culture news, views, reviews, and celebrity interviews on all the movies, TV, music, and pop culture you crave weekly. Here's Kyle McMahon. Na-na-na-n. Hello. Welcome to Pop Culture Weekly with Kyle McMahon. I, of course, am Kyle McMahon, and it is episode 76 of Pop Culture Weekly. I cannot believe it, and you guys allow this show to grow every single week, and I love you for it. Please, please keep, uh, you, you know, it really means a lot if you could review the show on Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. Those two things are huge to the show continuing to grow. So please, thank you for doing that. And if you haven't, please do it. So in this week's show, it's an all-interview show, we have Joe Keery, Stranger Things' very own Steve Harrington from uh, Stranger Things. And this for this episode... We are talking about his role in Free Guy, which I absolutely love. The movie is so much fun. It's so funny. It's got a great message. It's just really, really a great film, and I know you're going to love it. And please, when you see it, let me know what you think. So I talked to Joe. Then I talked to Savannah Welch, which she, we are talking about, well, first of all, she's in the, the country band, the Trishas. But we are talking today about her role as Barbara Gordon in Titans on HBO Max. So season three of Titans is exclusively an HBO Max series, and she plays a very, very big role in obviously not just, uh, you know, DC Comics lore over, you know, 75 years. But in Titans itself, Barbara Gordon, of course, you know, in the comics is Batgirl and was injured by the Joker. And there's a whole long history behind it. But that's who she plays. And, you know, we have a really, really, really great conversation. Uh, It gets much deeper than I expected it to. Uh, But she's so inspirational. And I can't wait for you to hear that. Then finally... On this week's show, I talk with the one and only Lori Tan Chin, who is so freaking funny as grandma on the show Aquafina is Nora from Queens. She is hysterically funny. Um, you also may know her as Mei Chang on Orange is the New Black, but we have a great discussion about oh and I loved her on Roseanne you know that was one of my favorite shows even though Roseanne and I had a big falling out and she blocked me Uh, but she played Iris on Roseanne Um, but anyway she plays Nora's grandmother on Aquafina is Nora from Queens she is hysterically funny so we talk about her career about the series and 
about, you know, Asian representation in uh, Hollywood today. So very, very cool discussion that I think you'll love. So without further ado, let's get in to the first interview, Joe Keery. Hey, Joe. Thanks so much for speaking with me. I appreciate it. What's up, Kyle? How's it going? I'm doing well, thank you. I saw Free Guy, and I absolutely loved it. It's like a uh, explosion of comedy and fun and feel-good in there, too. And good. your character, and I'm trying to think of how to say this non-spoilerly, your character is... Uh, how would you describe Keys? Sure. Um... I'm trying to think about it <laughs> in a non-spoiler way too. Um, I think that I got to actually do a lot of kind of the emotional backbone of the uh, of the project. Obviously, um, my character is a coder, video game designer. Um, partners or former partners with Millie, who is Jody's character, and we create this game together, and then end up selling it to a company, and thinking that you know, our dreams have come true, but then they, uh, shelf that title, the game that we made and, uh, which is very disappointing. And then I end up just working this kind of dead end job at this company that I don't really respect. So I really love that. I get to start up, you know, start the project, uh, or at least my character starts in this kind of depressed, disappointed place, you know, and then that's just a real nice springboard for the rest of the movie. So yeah, I, it was a different challenge for me, which was really fun. And that's that's actually was the next thing I was going to ask you. This is a bit of a different role in, in many ways. What, were you nervous at all about going into a role like this? Or were you just like, I can't wait to do it? What, you know, what was that like? Excited, mostly. I mean, I was nervous about maybe the circumstances more just because you're working with actors who uh, you admire. And um, but I was confident working with Sean. And, uh, you know, we've got kind of uh, a shorthand at this point after working on the show for a while. But, yeah, I think every actor just wants to kind of do something different. So when presented with a, um, you know, a character who's coming from a different place, I was just yeah really excited to, yeah, go for it. And how was it, did you find yourself, you know, I feel like for in, in my head anyway, you know, it's much easier, I think, to be naturally funny than to like be funny with a script. Is that true for you? Like, did you, did that come naturally to you? Did you have to like work on it? It depends on the script, I guess. You That's know, true. Definitely, <laughs> yeah, it really does depend on the script. Um but, you know, we shot everything pretty much that was on the page. And then we also would improvise all the time. I mean, I was, I had one of the most formidable scene partners in <laughs> improv history, Taiko Waititi. And he is, I mean, incredible. Like what an incredible scene partner to be able to work opposite of him. Um, and I mean, a lot of the stuff that I was doing actually was just playing the straight man to him and kind of, you know, the more I could treat him with um, uh, just will just be really unaffected by the crazy charm that he has in this movie, the more it would kind of just land that this guy, you know, 
I, I don't, I don't, I really don't like this guy and the audience really shouldn't like this guy either. So unfortunately I didn't really get to do a ton of improving against him more, just kind of looking at him like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but it was amazing. I mean, working with him and he's such a nice guy and such a, uh, uh, a giving dude too on set. So and yeah, it was great. Were you a fan of, of Ryan before doing this film? Certainly. Are you kidding me? Certainly. Yeah. And that, I mean, I really remember the first day showing up and um, meeting Ryan and, um, you know, just kind of right away, he, besides being just disarmingly uh, handsome, he's just very kind and, um, you know, kind of a quiet guy, sort of. And, uh, you know, made it very comfortable, you know, uh, and, and that, and that's probably the most important thing because if you're kind of uncomfortable on set, you're guaranteed to uh, not do your best work. And I think he knows that. So it seems like that's the first order of business is just making everyone feel comfortable. And, um, yeah, I feel like a broken record, but he's really just like such a nice and great person. That's awesome. And, and for you to have two, you know, caliber of, of talents like that, uh, were you like a sponge just soaking up everything they were given or? Certainly. It was like class, you know, it's just like you could just sit back and watch them work for, for hours. You know, they're really great at what they do. They have such craft and they've got such experience in the industry as well. And that's something you can't get any other way than just by working in the industry. Um, and I'm still relatively new. So it was really, it was really, um, you know, formative being able to watch those guys and kind of really see what they're doing. And, you know, yeah, yeah it was really cool. And obviously the series is, is a huge ginormous success, but this is really kind of your first, you know, big kind of blockbuster starring role. Um, mm -hmm. Is that, did that like leave you any, you know, were you like nervous at all about that, especially with, you know, talent like is in the cast or, or. Yeah, dude, I was nervous the whole time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> certainly. Hard not to be really, um, you know, everybody second guesses themselves and, mm -hmm. you know, so, but I, you know, when we got to actually just doing the work, it was, you know it was fun. I mean, that's the thing about this job that, you know, I'm so lucky to do is that I just have such a great time doing it. And, you know, you get, you get these cool opportunities where you get to watch someone's work your whole life and then you get to end up working with them. It's um, yeah, it's just really cool. Um, and especially when, when the people are amazing. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. It's, it is though my first sort of for, foray into doing like like a big studio movie, and um, yeah, I mean, I hope everything can be as fun as you know as this project was. Well, you killed it, so uh, I, I don't Thanks. think that'll be a problem in the future. But you Thank know, you. of course. So finally, if you could live in a you know free guy type world, if you had that choice, do you think you would do it? No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You know, the game that like the game that the keys and the Millie character create um, and sell to Tsunami, the game is called Life Itself. That game I would live in. It's just like an idyllic, you know, utopia of, you know, technology and nature. 
combined. That's beautiful, I think. But um, Free City would be too too crazy, too crazy for me. <laughs> no, uh, no choice in skin for you. No. I don't think so. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much, man. You were awesome in the film, and I look forward to uh, everybody seeing Free Guy. It's so great, and you killed it. So thanks, man. Thank, thank you so much, and thanks for the great questions, man. Oh, thank you, buddy. Talk Appreciate to you soon. It. Bye-bye. Great guy, talented guy, and I absolutely love his role in Free Guy. And uh, I think you will, too. So let me know if you've seen it. Tweet me at KMacMusic or at PopCulturePodCA, and let's talk about it. Okay, next up, I talk with Barbara Gordon herself. You, I'm telling you, you're really, really going to enjoy this conversation. It's very inspirational. Her story is very inspirational. So let's get into it. None other than my interview with Savannah Welch. I am here on iHeartRadio's Pop Culture Weekly, and I'm here with Savannah Welch. Thank you so much for speaking with me, Savannah. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course. So we're going to talk about you playing this iconic character on the upcoming season of Titans. But before we get to that, if you don't mind, I'd like to go back a little bit. You have an an crazy inspirational story. If you don't mind, I'd like to ask you a couple of things about that. Sure. So you started as an actress uh, and and you... Um, you know, had been in like, the Tree of Life and worked with Terrence Malick. And uh, you had an accident that kind of, you know, for most people, I think, would derail um, not only their life, but, you know, certainly their career, if not their life. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that, please? Sure. <clears throat> yeah. In um, 2016, uh, November 2016, my uh, my dad and I and my son, who was four at the time, were at a farmer's market um, in a tiny little town outside of Austin, Texas, and um, a car uh, lost control. A woman who was driving a car, she lost control of it, and um, and she just sort of gunned it from about 30 feet away from me, from, from us where we were standing, um, and luckily my my dad and my son had had just been by my side but they had just both walked away um within feet from us um, from me and the car hit me and I was auto pinned between her car and another one um my leg was mostly amputated on impact and I was life lighted um in a helicopter to the uh nearest Austin um ER and had an experience in the helicopter that felt like I was dying um, and sort of made a choice, what felt like it was a choice to come back. And, um, and, I, and I did, and I came, came back and my, um, my leg luckily was all we lost. And uh, it was kind of a freak, freak accident, you know, at a tiny little farmer's market buying green beans on a Wednesday afternoon. And that's, I'm so sorry that you went through this and, um, what, you know, I have to ask, and if, if you don't, you know, feel comfortable, but I'm actually doing this, you know, didn't plan to say this at all, but I'm actually, my mom passed from pancreatic cancer 
a little over three months ago. And oh, um, thank you. And I just signed a contract with iHeart, uh, and it's actually not even announced yet for a limited series, 13 episodes episodes called Death, Grief, and Other Shit We Don't Discuss. And um, wow. I'm, I'm taking from each episode is, a, you know, it's from the diagnosis all the way to moving on and beyond. So there's an episode on the afterlife and there's an episode on death rituals. And so I'll be mixing her story with experts, you know, all over the country uh, in these different fields. And actually one of them that I'll be talking to is a is a professor in uh, Virginia and he deals exclusively with researching near-death experiences. And I find that extremely fascinating. And it is, is, so I apologize for this derailment, but is that something that you feel like you had? It is, and it's interesting because it's not something I talk about very often. I don't, I don't really bring it up as part of my story very often. And, um, and you, do not have to, you do not have to well, answer they, this. No, it's not something that's difficult for me to talk about. It's just something I'm, that I, um, I don't always know how it'll be received. And it's not something that I've really researched much um, for, for whatever reason. I just kind of didn't seek out other stories from other people or researchers. Um, I felt like I, I wanted to preserve it as the truth of what happened for me without influence in a way you know I and it and I think part of it I felt sort of some I was a little self-conscious I should say um because there's aspects of it that sound very cliche and maybe there's reason why it sounds cliche you know but um um I I'm just kind of acknowledging right now that I rarely bring up that piece of my story and for whatever reason I felt like that was something I should mention um, right now, having no idea about your <laughs> your experience um, with grief and loss in this new show, and, um, but it, it's absolutely something that I would be willing to talk about and share in case you know it it speaks to other people. Um, I don't have a way to explain what what I experienced. You know, um, it's not you know. I, I guess there's a, a part of me that feels like um, I don't want to be perceived as somebody who has some answer to mm -hmm. what might happen. You know, um, I don't even know if the same experience will happen um, the the second time I die. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I know I know what I experienced um, that time. And. You know, it might be totally different for everybody. I, I have no idea, you know, but that's incredibly yeah. powerful. And thank you so much for sharing that with me. Uh, you know, again, I had no idea about this and you had no idea about this. So um, yeah. it's very uh, interesting. And, uh, you know, it, <laughs> fate or whatever is. Uh, but wow, what a powerful, you know, journey and life experience and and you have used that you know horrible circumstance circumstances um because obviously it's not something that just you know the experience doesn't just end um once you leave the hospital uh and you have taken this and transformed it into something for good 
uh, which I think is, you know, so it's why, you know, I'm doing the other shows because I believe, you know, in my heart of hearts that there's power in telling our stories and whether one person hears it or 10 million people hear it, you know, if it can help that one person, it really, as cliche as this sounds, it really, really was worth it. And you are doing this, I mean, just openly and honestly and, uh, you know, fighting for inclusion and awareness. Why is that so important to you? Because of my everyday interactions with other humans, you know, and, and just how much um, I think our suffering can unify us really in a beautiful way. And, and I say suffering, um, you know, because, uh, you know, I don't believe that pain has to equal suffering. It's it's usually when we're isolated in that pain that that it becomes suffering, you know. Um, and I uh, I just you know this is going to sound like a maybe um, vague answer, but I just feel like we're all so much more alike than we are different. And and the more that we can discuss that and talk about it and um, talk about inclusion, you know, I, I I always err on the side of inclusion. Um, and in my, in my life, I, I strive to, um, just in kind of like even my social circles. Um, and I just feel like that's sort of the path to like healing for everybody. Um, you know, I, I know that when this happened, you know, there was a time when I was in the hospital and in our community, um, music community in Austin and in Nashville, where I'm from, there was a time where I kind of felt like, you know, I was trending in a way, you know, like this, this terrible accident, um, you know, uh, was, um, you know, there was a lot of people that came forward to help um, and to be there and be present for my family and I, and, and that was all, you know, in a lot of ways, very genuine. Um, and, people who suggested, you know, that I get a PR agent and that I start almost like um, using this in a way. And I, I felt really just, uh, you know, not even conflicted. I just felt an aversion to capitalizing on this in a way that wasn't genuine, you know? Um, and, and so there was, you know, some, some press around it, but I just felt like I, I had to start at home. I had to start with how to integrate this new reality, you know, in my own um, body and in with my family and the people around me. And, um, and that took some time. And then after that, it's like, what are some real positive ways that I can try to um, reach people and share my experience in a way that's not coming from some sort of like ego-driven, um, you know, capital you know, ca- capitalizing on, yeah, I guess in a, in a way that would be more. So mm-hmm. I, I like have to ask myself those questions often, you know? Yeah. And it, 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 I can imagine that it is a, um, a delicate balance sometimes where you feel, you know, I thought about this greatly with this, you know, with the, the new series and I'm like, you know, I don't want to be capitalizing on my mom's death. Um, but you know, she was the one, she would want this. I know that she would want this. And, you know, she was the one who always urged me, 
you know, tell your story and help others. You know, her whole thing that she just beat into me my entire life, you know, beat into my head my entire life was help others. You know, do what you can to give of yourself to make the world a better place. And I know that I feel torn sometimes because I'm like, you know, I want to be open and honest and authentic, but I also don't want it to be not creepy, but like you said, kind of capitalizing on it. However, mm-hmm. you know, this is a vehicle that I have that hopefully can help other people. You know, for me, I, I told iHeart, you know, I want this to be the show that I need for me right now that I can't find. And yeah. and so hopefully that can be it for somebody else. And it seems like, you know, this is very much that for you in so many ways. So many times, you know, I've stumbled upon someone who wrote their story or shared their story, whether it's a book or a podcast or, um, you know, a person, you know, um, sitting in front of me that, and it's been pivotal for me. And usually that is someone who is having the courage to be vulnerable, to be honest, to um, share a part of themselves that maybe they're not totally proud of or might not be in a perfectly packaged way yet or you know um uh, you know and i i think that you know i'd like to think that that i can give back you know because i've received from, from other people too and um it's just an exchange and i think that uh, what you're doing is, is exactly that thank you and and you know and i feel the same way for you i mean you are you know not just an advocate but you are an example, you know, and I was talking to this. She's so awesome. Uh, she's on Broadway and she was the first person in a wheelchair to star on Broadway as a lead. And she, you know, she, she's just such a bubbly person. And she was saying that I've never seen someone like me do this. I've always wanted to be on Broadway. And it's almost like I, uh, I you know, I it wasn't possible. And she, you know, through her not only advocacy, but through her action has now made it possible for anyone else that wants to do that. And that's, you know, it's the same thing for you. I mean, you know, you are playing Barbara Gordon, you know, this iconic, you know, character with decades of history that is such a role model for not only women, but men. And here you are, you know, doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, I I really had to. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of reckon with the ways that this disability would affect my work, um, the opportunities that I would be given or not given. Um, and you know, there were a lot of jokes kind of at, at the beginning passed around um, about you know pirate movies and you know war films and you know practicing how to walk on a peg leg <laughs> um, just in case you know period piece came along. And um, I don't know, I you know there and and humor is always so helpful for me. But um, you know, no doubt. I wonder, you know, what about the roles that I'm that I'm either not offered or, um, you know, and and why that is, and 
uh, of course there are going to be characters that I just cannot play and I can't there's many things I cannot do anymore um so you know there there are things that I also don't have to take personal in that um and I will say one thing that was really unexpected was that I would be given opportunities such as this um, that I wouldn't have otherwise had access to. And so for that reason, I just felt so honored <laughs> and, and grateful and really, um, you know, just, um, yeah, I, I guess honored is the word. You know, Barbara Gordon is such an iconic character and there's so many fans who have, you know, grown up loving this character and looking to this character as somebody who represented the disability community in the media, um, one of the few characters of that, mm-hmm. you know, um, a woman, a woman in a position of power. Um, there's so many reasons why I now understand why this character is so well-loved, you know, in all the incarnations. And, um, so, yeah. It, it was it was cool. It was it was very cool and such an experience. How did it feel first getting onto set and being Barbara? Was it kind of like a an out of body sort of thing where you you know you you feel this weight of decades of history behind this character, or were you able to kind of you know put it to the side? Well, by the time I got on set, you know, I'd, I'd done a lot of preparation for the role. I'd gotten to have a lot of conversations with the showrunners and the writers, um, you know, and, and really felt like I had an understanding of this woman. Of course, it's totally, you know, brand new experience when you get on set and you're in the GCPD office or you're in the main manor, you know, um, you know, that, that part of it is, uh, it was really cool, you know, um, and you get to kind of drop, drop into that world. So, um, you know, as Barbara Gordon, that part, you know, I feel like we kind of, I, I learned more about her as the season went on and, and was able to kind of, um, like create more and more depth, I guess I should say to her story and who she is and what her experience in life is. It's somebody who is in this new position of power, newly uh, disabled, um, her history with Dick Grayson and what that is, you know, and finding that, that dynamic with Brenton was really fun. So, yeah. I, I love it. And it's, you know, I, I've always imagined, uh, as a, you know, if I was an actor stepping into a, a universe like that, and I feel like it would almost be like a, you know, like going to like Hollywood or uh, Universal Studios or something, you know what I mean? Where, uh, where it's like you're, you're in that world all of a sudden um, for, you know, all intents and purposes. And, you know, it's got to be exciting as well to, you know, to know that you are, you are the version of this character now. You know what I mean? You are, uh, you are Barbara Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to think so. You know, there's, um, I, I get to be a version, I should say, you know, there's been, there's been others who've done a beautiful job too. And, um, 
but there's uh yeah she's she's close to my heart for sure and how in you know your career you've played you know you've done like character sort of studies and now playing like barbara is this just a totally different experience as an actor do you find it more difficult do you find it just the same oh um it's just different you know there's quite a bit that that was already established about this character and her story and her background um there's different interpretations of it you know that was one thing that was kind of a challenge was choosing you know there's different um yeah different versions of her history and kind of you know all of us collectively deciding okay we're gonna go with this version we're gonna go with this and about this is kind of what the time span has been and and taking what already existed and sort of making the choices to lock in those details and to also embellish and, and bring more information in about who she is and you know her personality and what are her weaknesses what are her strengths and um you know yeah it, it's just it's totally different um in some ways it's nice because somebody's kind of giving you like here's this story it's already right. done <laughs> you know um um, but also there's the, a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say pressure, but the, the, it's almost in a fun way, I should say there's some pressure, but, um, the, the challenge to honor that and to do justice, you know, so I know, um, you know, a lot of the DC fans are really invested and they care a lot and they're, um, they know a lot, you know, and so, um, so that was that was part of it, and I wanted to make sure that I that I did did her justice for for the fans. I love that, and what you know, as spoiler free as possible. What can we expect from Barbara? You know, in this this season of Titans. Yeah, um, let's see. I have like my little spoiler sheet here. What I <laughs> cannot share. Um, it gets intense. Okay. Um, it gets intense on a few levels, you know, personal, uh, uh, personal and professional. Um, you know, the history between she and Dick Grayson, it runs deep and there's a lot there. Um, there's a lot of shared life experience between the two of them and partnership. Um, I think there's probably some heartbreak too um and a lot of love and so the two of them kind of working out what their dynamic is and um you know as a partnership that's that's pretty unbreakable you know they they work well together and they'll always have and they know each other really well um and uh, as far as the the romance there um you know it's a journey it's a little bit of a journey uh, this season and it gets uh it gets heated um there's a there's a lot of lot of action um she's not a huge fan of superheroes being in gotham you know <laughs> i think that she pretty much believes that they perpetuate the violence with the with the villains you know and that the civilians are sort of caught in the in the um balance between that sort of cat mouse game you know and uh and so she she's gotta you know eventually admit she needs them mm -hmm. and um 
um, and, and that they need her too. And so, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of some fun kind of juicy spoilers, but <laughs> you might just have to watch it. <laughs> there you go. Savannah, thank you so much. You, as I said, you are just an inspiration and, um, and I, you know, I can't thank you enough for sharing your story, not just with me, but as you have been, you know, sharing it with the world and continuing to be hope for people and inspiration for people. And you have so many things going on. You're a musician, you have a podcast, like where can we, you know, keep track of all your, your gigs? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not playing live music right now i hope to to get back to that soon um you know covid depending and um uh the podcast isn't launched yet either you know i don't know i'm i'm way up uh in the in the mountains right now in northern california with my family and we're about to go to hawaii to visit some friends um so i'm just kind of like getting locked back in step with my my kiddo and you know, normalcy of life, um, you know, not to say off the grid, but that's kind of, that's my focus at the moment. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm on, I'm on all the social things, Instagram and Facebook and all that. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll have all your links up and I can't wait for Titans to come out and please your next project, come on back and, uh, we'll keep on talking. Awesome, man. Well, good luck on all of your endeavors too. Thank you. Thank you so much, Savannah. I told you. Did I not tell you? She is so inspirational. She's honestly such... She's just amazing. And and I really love her point of view. I really love her perseverance. I really love her strength and grace and her talent. She's so great as Barbara Gordon in Titans. Uh, and I know... A few of you have hit me up about Titans, and so this one, uh, I think you guys in particular will especially love. So, uh, so let me know what you think about my interview with Savannah. Hit me up on social at KMac Music on Instagram and Twitter at Pop Culture Pod CA on Twitter. All right, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Next up, the one and only. She is so funny. I am in love with her. Laurie Tan Chin. Hi, Kyle. I, of course, I absolutely love the show and I absolute, absolutely love your role as Nora's grandmother. And... <laughs> I've got to say that, you know, in many ways, she reminds me of my grandmother, my my mom, uh, and I, I have to know, you know, is this a character that you have based off of somebody else in your life? Oh, yeah, as a conglomeration growing up, you know, of, of uh, grandmothers of many races of, of, you know, while I was a kid playing around the neighborhood, uh, 
there have been grandmas who have had, you know, the hump in the back and, you know, they still, if they can't even look at the, the grandchildren, they can just yell and they know where they're at. Uh, um, Greek yayas, mm-hmm. you know, the, the um, uh, Italian grandmas. So I gather a little bit from everybody, but my main, uh, uh, my main uh, upbringing uh, there was an auntie that was very, very uh, wild and she was outspoken. And so um, she and another one were their main, main outspoken characters that I grew up with. So <laughs> I love that. And she sounds incredible. <laughs> and do you find any of yourself in the character? Sure. You know, when you're working a character, you just have to uh, it, it becomes a part of you, too comes a part of me so uh yeah yeah now do you find that uh, a series like this where it's um you know you have a theater background and you've been in film and tv and and theater do you find that it is easier or more difficult when there's not a physical audience in front of you particularly with comedy uh, I never listen to the laughs, so I'm not mm. aware. When I do a theater piece, it's like uh, surfboarding. When you uh, ride the wave, uh, when there's laughter, I don't hear it, but I can feel the vibration, you know. And just when it's peaking, then I can uh, enter with the next dialogue, something. So that's that's all I know is that I never hear the laughs. So uh, it doesn't hinder. And so that when I'm filming, um it doesn't matter if I hear, but I always hear those those tech guys tittering. <laughs> the, I mean, they tell me that the handheld cameras are uh, shaking a little bit from laughing. So, <laughs> and it's got to be a, a fun show to work on, you know, with the talent that that all of you, you know, the cast brings and brings out in each other. Is it, you know, is this one of those jobs that is is like a you know, fun and exciting to go to every day and you're using your, you know, creative juices? Well, number one, it was created by Asian Americans, Akafina and Teresa and uh, Shell. And uh, uh, that is very important because it's from, you know, they tweak each one of the scripts and they analyze it to see, you know, what will fit. Uh, so th- it's very important because it is uh, from the influence uh, fr- uh, from an Asian. That's a big deal. You know, I don't have to shuffle around or, you know, do the bows that are totally unnecessary in, in past projects that I've, I've been involved in. You know, we don't have to talk about a, a, a stolen jade vase. Mm-hmm. or uh, some kind of tea or something like that. And that's on, the only purpose of our existence on the, on the episode of the TV or, or the stage. It is very freeing to know that we have somebody on our side. Aquafina's right there in the scene. If it doesn't feel like it works after I stumbled quite a few times or something on something, she'll say, cut that. And we move. We just continually move. And it's very freeing. I I absolutely love that aspect of it, too. And as you're saying that, you know, um, my mom, who uh, passed away a few months ago, she um, absolutely loved uh, Korean dramas that she would binge on um, on Netflix, I think it was. 
and she had no idea what they were saying, but I swear, and it was especially through chemo, you know, she went through chemo through two and a half years. And, um, and by the end she was like, you know, speaking words in Korean. But as you were saying that it made me think, um, there really aren't that I can think of right offhand. There really aren't any mainstream, you know, casts. Uh, that are primarily Asian on, on, you know, in in English television, which is horrible except, you know, except for this series. So it's, it's, and that kind of just hit me, you know, how important that is for representation for people, um, you know, not just like me that love a great comedy, but for other Asian Americans to see themselves represented on you know screen oh well it's particularly uh uh important and uh uh pretty sad you know that we had nobody uh, we we'd occasionally see anime wong in the in the oldie movies uh but uh, uh, uh every once in a while there would be somebody on the screen but you know they there was no show except uh, the first one was mr t and tina that i recall with pat morita Mm. Uh, Pat Suzuki and uh, June Angela and her brother, uh, Jean Profanato. Uh, but, and then it came All-American Girl or as a few other ones that didn't really last long. Yeah. Still, to uh, grow up with no uh, uh, no role model and uh, uh, until Bruce Lee came and he became a role model for uh, a lot of men, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, uh, this is a long time coming especially when it's written by the hand uh, and influenced by the hands of Asian Americans. Absolutely. And, you know, as much as, you know, there is this heartbreaking, uh, you know, plague going through, you know, many Asian American communities right now with um, with hate and, and violence and all. But on the other side of it, you have a series like this. You have a huge Marvel Studios movie coming out in a couple of months that, you know, is almost totally an, an Asian cast. So it's kind of uh, a duality in many ways. And but it's as you said, it's well past time. Yeah, I um, I have a friend who recently passed and he was 89 years old. Uh, Alvin Ng, he had a. Uh, 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 opportunities on the Broadway stage with the uh, Stephen Sondheim uh, musical Pacific Overtures. Mm. But, you know, he, I saw him struggle. He's, you know, a few years older than I, and, and we all struggled in a time when there was only one job and only one Asian that would be cast in the role. So I, you know, think back on his life and how we uh, used to have odd jobs. You know, we, we made flower arrangements in terrariums you know, to, to, for $5 an hour or something. And mm-hmm. I worked um, plenty of uh, um, bread and butter jobs just to exist. The jobs weren't far and, you know, far and few and uh, nobody wanted to uh, uh, represent us. So not like now, you know, the, the, the young kids basically do not have to pave the pay, run, you know, uh, 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 walk the pavement, knock on doors like uh, I did in my youth. My young years. Yeah. And and it's, you know, it's due to people like you that are blazing that trail for them, you know? I 
kind of wish that they had some kind of, uh, uh, you know, experience because it really, once you've walked the walk, you can feel the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it wasn't handed to you. You really know how it feels, you know. Absolutely. Laurie, thank you so much. You are an absolute delight. I love you. I love your character. And uh, thank thank you you so much for speaking with me today. Thank you. Take care. What did I tell you? I knew you would fall in love with her, too. She's so funny, so charismatic, so smart, and she's just a gem. Aquafina is Nora from Queens is out right now. Go see it. All right, that is our show. We have some exciting things for next week's episode. Let me just give you some clues. The Night House, little little uh, show, little movie called The Night House, and a little show coming up on Hulu called Nine Perfect Strangers. Just some hints for ya. All right, so I will see you next week. Thank you so much, as always for being amazing. I love you. I really do. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for letting me in your ears. It sounded weird, but it's true. All right. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Weekly. Hear all the latest at popcultureweekly.com. Thank you for letting me in your ears. Kyle, sometimes I really, really wonder about you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.